0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to That One Guy Podcast. This is episode three, all right? So we're going to talk about a couple of things. I'm going to hit some news at some point in time, but the first question I have for you is, what does Marco Polo, Black Sails, Vikings, The Last Kingdom, and Frontier all have in common? All right, so let's think about that for a little bit. Let's talk about some news first off. So, the PlayStation 5 is practically unpreorderable. I said it. I said it. unpreorderable because that pre-order process was probably the messiest pre-order process I think I've ever dealt with pre-ordering things ever. It was an extreme frustrating process to pre-order the PlayStation 5, and a lot of people who like PlayStation 5 or Sony and want to get that console, uh, the best I can tell you at this point in time is probably don't expect it till next year. Uh I think the they had like a sneak release. First it was released too early. Then it was like a sneak release where like, you know, I think GameStop was doing it like on a random Friday. Except the moment you get on the site, you're in a queue and by then it's already gone. Yeah, best buy and a couple others pop up throughout, but I mean it's really just like I think it means one more. There's one more wave of pre-orders for PlayStation 5. So, those who are like me who are Sony fanboys and girls, you know, we don't discriminate. Uh I just want to let you know that uh I'm with you and I feel this pain. And we're probably not going to get a console till uh next year and it breaks my heart every single time i think about it but what i have been doing and right i do recommend for people is pre-order a lot of the accessories that you're going to get anyways so like if you have the opportunity to go to gameshop and pre-order the the mic or the headset or the camera or the remote or an extra controller whatever the accessory is knock that out now put it down as down payment and it's paid it off that way once it comes out you're not dropping like an extra $200 on accessories or trying to hunt down accessories when they come out because that's what always happened happened with the PS4, happened with the PS3, accessories, extra controllers became a little bit rough to get a hold of, especially if you want like a specific color, or specific style, things like that. Oh, this is awesome news. Okay, so movie-wise, AMC theaters, all right? Now they're offering like I think it's $99 to rent out an entire auditorium. So that means like you and your friends, I think up to 20 people can still social distance and still have these seats, you know, separate and whatnot. But you all can rent out an entire theater to watch things like Jurassic Park. I think there's like a grandpa versus the Robert De Niro movies, like a grandpa like steals like his uh, grandson's room. Anyways, you can rent an entire auditorium and like have like a little event and maybe like check in with all your friends who have been tested for COVID and at least go visit a theater, you know, $99 for all theater or great date idea. All right. Great date idea is to $99 spend that for an entire theater for two. Like, I feel like that's like a childhood dream come true or gaming in there. Heck, uh, you know, as a kid, I was always thought it'd be pretty cool. Like rent out a theater, play video games. And sometimes people have done that for like local theater areas. I think New Jersey's doing that. I'm based in New York. So, I mean, outside of New York, they have, you know, options, but definitely a great idea. $99 AMC theaters visit the website. You can check it out. I had a look, they have a couple movies you can choose from on there. Um, you can probably negotiate some of that stuff too. Also, Dwayne Johnson surpasses 200 million IG followers. And that's most by any American man. That is absolutely insane. Also, it's weird that we're celebrating that as a thing. But you know what? Give credit where credit is due. He's a mega ultra super duper star. Warner Brothers release schedule has been changed. They pushed back a lot of things because Pattinson had COVID for a period of time. So they had to stop uh, filming. I think they just started filming again uh, earlier this week. So Doom is now October 1st, 2021, which is far away far far away especially for people like doom like that a lot of people broke their hearts um we also have the matrix 4 december 21st 2021 uh i don't know how i feel about the matrix 4 to be honest because i thought the trilogy was good the way it was but we'll, we'll see where it goes but the matrix 4 for those who didn't know it is coming it's december 21st 2021 the batman all right the batman is march 4th 2022 that got pushed back quite a bit actually i think it was supposed to be like a little earlier but 2022 oof. That's that's a rough one. The Flash is now November 4th, 2022 Uh, and then we have Shazam 2, which I'm really excited for. Zachary Levi is hilarious. I've loved him since he did that show Chuck, which I re-watched like three or four times. Ooh, I'm gonna do a Chuck episode. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be all talking about Chuck. It's gonna be Chuck all day. And some good old Chuckery. All right, I should probably stop at that joke. Um, but that's Shazam 2 is June 2nd, 2023, and Black Adam is to be decided in production 2021. That is the most frustrating thing I ever saw. I didn't even realize that, that said that when I looked at the the poster for this and it literally has dates for like six different things that i listed and the last one is black adam and it says tbd in production 2021 why are you even talking why, why is that even like a thing why is it a thing i i don't you know what i just said it a second ago because dwayne johnson ultra mega super epic ultra star i think that's what i said whatever anyway so those were pushed back that is a thing we have things coming out at some point in time. And one of my personal favorite news. So for anyone who saw, I don't know if anyone actually remembers the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. That's what it was. The second one I believe had Jamie Foxx as Electro and everyone was like really hyped because this was a time where, you know, we were trying to to, to pull in really, really good actors to start playing these villains. And so Jamie Fox as Electro, you know, he did, it, he did a good job. The issue was just like a slight disconnect because the entire time him as a villain, I just felt bad for him because he was bullied. Literally, he was bullied. He was a little off, like he's a little weird. He was like a nerd, an ultra, super duper nerd who just man got kicked down so many times, and mentally he just wasn't all there. And then he becomes Electro, and they got the blue suit and a couple some really cool little details they did. Jamie Fox shall be reprising his role as Electro in the next Spider-Man movie. So, what does that mean? Will he be part of the Sinister Six? Will he maybe be part of like the multiverse that's going to probably take place? Because we also know that Doctor Strange is going to be part of the next Spider-Man, you know, and at a certain point in time when you're doing with Spider-Man anyways, you have to go backwards or you have to find that, that multiverse loophole that happens which all of, of comics superheroes has that you know they, they have some sort of loophole with time or space where they can go back and they can make adjustments because they have to because eventually what happens is especially with writers they would write themselves in the corners they like you know okay this comic book happened or like superman died with dc or like batman would die so what do you do you have to okay flash goes back in time and this happens and this affects this the arrow verse did this before as well so so that's what they have to, to somehow find a way so like you know spider-man Spoiler alerts, uh, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home, the ending of that one, you know, set it up. So it's like, OK, how, how are they going to come back from this? Like literally all of New York, the entire world now knows who you are. How do you come back for that? The The, the only answer is it has to be multiverse or time, like some sort of rewind has to take place in order to get things back on the beaten path. At least that I come up with that. Watch, watch, watch like like three years from now, I'm gonna sound like a complete and total idiot. When you throw Doctor Strange into something, usually that's kind of what happens. Strange things happen. Really excited, Jamie Foxx returns as Electro. Will he be blue again? Like, who knows? Like this, is, this has a world of possibilities. Also, if you haven't had the time, you should totally type in Colin Farrell and you should type in him as Penguin. You should see the images. It is insane. Like he looks nothing like he, like nothing like himself absolutely nothing like himself it's it's absolutely Remarkable. I actually just did a review a couple days ago of Roman J. Israel Esquire, which he was in. He played like a lawyer. Honestly, I did not give him any credit in that movie because I felt like it would be a waste. He's actually a very good actor. The only issue I had was that he was wasted in that movie itself. Roman J. Israel Esqu- Esquire starring Denzel Washington and Dan Gilroy. The actual review is going to be on my Instagram. That one guy reviews. Just type in that one guy reviews, all one word. You can listen to that. But I don't really talk about Colin Farrell because although he's a good actor, although he has this sort of style to him, he was really wasted in that movie but i believe that putting him in the penguin is going to be something so spectacular so special that he's going to be truly recognized and truly put to use the way that he should be and and it's it takes i feel like a special director to really put him to good use aside from his just like regular demeanor that he comes across that comes across the camera i mean things like the gentleman he was fantastic in that so colin farrell fantastic the penguin highly recommend now let's talk about the nitty-gritty all right so a lot of people are you know Without movie theaters, we still need shows to watch. We still need to find, you know, recommendations, things to navigate. So my question to you was, what do these five things have in common? So, Marco Polo, Black Sails, Vikings, The Last Kingdom, and Frontier. My hope is that all of these things will have you in common. You, the listener. All right. So if you like one of these, my hope is that you will like all of these. Now, not not to say that all of these are perfect. All right. These are shows that they all do something better than the other in some aspect you know, but they are all fairly similar in some of the way that they tell their story, or it could be just the fact that they are uh, slight period pieces loosely done. So let's talk about Marco Polo, right? So Marco Polo, for those who aren't familiar, came out 2014. Now it ended in 2016. They did not get renewed. There is a reason for that. And so at the time this came out, 2004, 2016, I believe they're preparing for a lot of like other really expensive shows, shows like Alter Carbon, and the feedback was not as... Big as they would hope you're, when you're doing that on netflix so they lost 200 million dollars doing marco polo because you're out in the in the middle of nowhere filming these things and the cost for them was just too high uh netflix has a history of costs of these shows being too high and that's because they don't have a way to uh, produce these except for outsourcing what is Marco Polo? All right, so here's the pitch. This is going to be really quick. As a youth of 15 or 16, Marco Polo first met his father and uncle and embarked on an epic adventure crossing thousands of miles of unforgiving terrain through political unrest and upheaval to the court of Kublai Khan in what is now Beijing. Now, what this? how would I describe this in simpler terms? It's like uh, Da Vinci's Demons, if anyone's seen that one, or like, think Italian Renaissance breaching over to uh, China and meeting the cons you know the history of kobla khan and like that asian influence and that culture and then they throw this italian sort of style and they also throw in uh, martial arts in there as well so there's kung fu there's war there's also understanding difference of cultures and it really works and the the cast is actually pretty pretty big like they're from like everywhere i mean you go from uh lorenzo richelmi who plays marco polo to benedict wong and most people know benedict wong now one of the supporting characters from dr strange i don't know i'm not a Doctor strange huge fan um uh zuzu or Chu uh then you also have Remy high olivia chang joan chen like tom Wu. tom Wu, by the way phenomenal in this series he's plays like this blind martial artist who was taken by the khan and kind of forced to be his servant, but then he ends up enjoying his servitude and like serving the Khan because the Khan takes in all these different religions, all these different beliefs and allows people to do what they would like as long as they just agreed to his rule. Mahesh Jadu's in there. He's actually pretty good too. Rick Yoon, who's actually an older Asian star that people have seen a lot of times. He's actually really good too. He was actually in one of the Bond movies. Die Another Day, that's what it was. He was a villain in Die Another Day. I actually really liked him too. So you have a lot of different flavors going on in the show Marco Polo. So then you get a little bit of like historical reimaginings. You get a little bit of this Italian flair to it of trade routes and like what's going on in this place. Then you get a little bit of martial arts and Kung Fu. Then you get a little bit of political drama thrown in there as well. So you get a little bit of everything in one show and that's Marco Polo. It's only two seasons. Yeah, only two seasons. All right. So. And I think those episodes are like not even that long. It's like 10 episodes a season. And season one was 10 episodes. So 20 episodes. So if you want something to binge, if you want to watch something on the train, if you want to watch something on your commuter when you're just bored, download an episode of Marco Polo from Netflix. Give it a watch. At the end, I believe there is a it's either a short film or mini series. I watched a long time ago. That's that's quite good. It's enjoyable. It's compact. It's precise. You get to see some really cool stuff. Just, you know, the only thing that's sad is that it ends at season two. And there was definitely a huge opportunity for season three, but due to cost, it was uh, taken down, canceled, scratched, gotten rid of, tossed out. Oh, that's so sad. So, Black Sales, all right? Black Sales is 2014, all right? That came out in 2014. It was four seasons. Uh, I believe it's now available on Hulu slash stars. I can't remember how Hulu and stars do their thing, but just go to Hulu. It's the easiest one unless you already have stars, and it should link you up to stars to do that. Those four seasons wrap up quite nicely. Now, what is Black Sales? Black Sails is a prequel to the classic Robert Louis Stevenson novel, Treasure Island. I've never read Treasure Island, for the record. Uh, Black Sails is a pirate adventure that centers on the tales of Captain Flint. Flint is a badass. That's the simple. I'm reading this, this, this brief description online, but I just want to put out Captain Flint the badass is what that should be called who has a reputation throughout the West Indies as being the most brilliant, most feared of all the Golden Age pirates. It's 1715, and as Flint fights for the survival of New Providence Island, a debauched paradise teeming with pirates, prostitutes, thieves, and fortune seekers, which is the best, because the pirate's life for me. Good stuff. Anyways, in the wake of threats from British and Spanish forces, he aligns himself with Eleanor Guthrie, daughter of the local kingpin, to hunt the ultimate prize and ensure his people's survival. But standing in the way are rival captains, Eleanor's intrusive father, and perhaps the bigger obstacle of all john silver a young fast talking authority flouting sailor recently added to flint's crew i just want to point out that john silver has the slickest he's the slickest character i've ever seen in my life like i wouldn't even call him a slime ball because he's just so cool he's played by luke arnold luke arnold dude's eyes like i'm like his eyes are captivating like the moment i see him i'm like ooh, all right you got pretty eyes homie like good for you like you you drag me into your uh, smooth talking ways. And that's kind of what he's supposed to do. I think that's why they cast him. I know he's Australian. Either. That's why they cast him in that role. Now, the reason why I recommend this one, I actually recommend this over Marco Polo. Like I recommend watching black sales then Marco Polo is because it does run four seasons and it wraps up nicely. So if you want something that you can binge and you get fulfillment out of watching from beginning to end, black sales is the one. However, I will admit the pacing of black sales at times is a little bit rough. It's it's a slower paced show because it's dealing with a lot of moving parts. There are things at the beginning of the season that will come to fruition in season two. You know, there are are items that will sit there and just wait and wait, and you'll you'll pass them by and you'll realize, oh wait, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, it just oh here is the grand finale or or you know the fruits of these labors it came out in 2014 it wrapped up nice i and looking at it right now the reviews 81 percent on rotten tomatoes 7.8 out of 10 on tvcom and 8.2 out of 10 on imdb i would actually be so bold as to give this show i give black sales an 8 out of 10 and the acting is fantastic you know you have toby stevens zach mcgowan he's actually really cool uh hannah new jessica parker kennedy jessica parker kennedy i love you you're fantastic. Luke Arnold, Tom Hopper. Tom Hopper is actually uh, the, the really hairy uh, brother in that show, uh, The Umbrella Academy. So he's actually, he had this before he had Umbrella Academy, obviously before Umbrella Academy came out. He's quite good as a pirate in Black Sails, really recommend. Clara Paget. Paget. who else do we have? Hakim Kai Kazim. He is awesome as Mr. Scott. He's a really cool pirate. I didn't realize some of these. Oh, Ray Stevenson uh, as Edward Teach. Uh, he's really cool too they have a, a huge cast of talent and all of them bring these characters to life in such a way that's always enjoyable always fun to watch on screen uh, this is definitely something that you could like if you want to spread it out like you and a friend or you and your partner sit down you watch black sales like every Wednesday like two episodes before bed it's definitely there now I will say it is not meant for the squeamish at times because sometimes it can go a little it, it, it has sex it has a little bit of blood gore like nothing crazy but i mean at the same time too people are shooting cannons at one another and there are moments where it gets a little bit crazy the the ship battle scenes are fantastic so black sails give it a watch that's going to be on hulu slash stars depending on how that works with you between the two definitely recommend now let's talk about frontier frontier i almost did not want to put on this list but then i thought about it and i said you know what i'm gonna do it now frontier came out what 2016 and 2018 it's only three seasons i didn't even finish the third season yet i'm still watching it it is a show that I am currently traversing, and it's a little rough. So let me give you the rundown of Frontier. So there's money to be made in the fur trade in the 1700s, which is why Declan Harp, played by Jason Momoa, is trying to get a piece of it. The outlaw trappers leading a campaign to breach the Hudson Bay Company's monopoly on fur in Canada. Lord Benton, on the other hand, is bent on restoring the company's stranglehold on fur. Is on a mission to stamp out Harp, who turns to an old ally when bounty hunters close in on him harp eventually de- devises an elaborate scheme to plunder hudson bay instead of trap for benton so that's kind of like the quick rundown so jason moa plays a guy who used to work for the hudson bay company they don't give you much of an introduction from him except for like how many times like the the other characters will say like he betrayed the hudson bay company he betrayed the hudson bay company i want to kill declan harp i want to kill declan harp i want to kill declan harp because he killed it and then finally they're like oh declan harp is also known for these things the first season pacing is not the best like the first season definitely was very choppy I would like watch it you have to really pay attention to understand what each character really means to everyone because it's it's so subtle almost annoyingly subtle however when I got into the habit of watching it at times that I'm just sitting down bored relaxing and maybe like eating lunch I noticed that I was able to take it in a lot better it's definitely not something that because the pacing doesn't bother you as much because you know between a pacing moment you could just like take a bite of food And then you're back into it. And it's like all these little, little pacing moments that like throw you off. However, as a show as a whole, you really appreciate the fact that they're showing you all these different perspectives from Native Americans and how they are dealing with these fur trades. You're dealing with the French, you're dealing with, you know, the Irish, the Scottish, you're dealing with the English and how all of them are all putting their their hands in the cookie jar trying to like get this trade going but then you have all these other conflicts of like okay whose land is this to begin with you know who also some of the darker sides and darker truths Declan Hart brings to light that he had to suffer that others had to suffer for those fur trades to take place it's a really interesting dynamic to see a loose history portrayed that way because so many times I see shows that involve slave trade or like presidential figures in America or like American history shows tend to be quite popular and repetitive you know only how many times can I see Jamestown or Virginia? Seeing you know this stuff take place in Canada, quite the unique experience to see a different perspective. Understanding also that he is a character who is half, I believe, half Native American, or he just like delved into. They never really fully clarify that. Like they mention his parents, they mentioned mentioned loosely. That he's like half native american half irish i think it is so give it a watch definitely do it a little bit on the casual side but it's if you like one of these shows that i'm mentioning right now you will more than likely find something to like about the other it's on netflix boom easy download it watch it then let's talk the last kingdom now the last kingdom came out in 2015 it's currently four seasons in so far it is on netflix it's a netflix original it is so good all right i i am a huge fan, cannot speak the praises of The Last Kingdom high enough. I think that anyone who liked Black Sails or Vikings or Marco Polo or Frontier, or if you start watching Frontier and you're like, oh, this is a little too slow paced for me. This doesn't have enough action for me. But The Last Kingdom gives you a perfect blend and balance of history, like throwing in these names that you're like, oh, this is actually a familiar name. A sprinkle of action in there gets you excited. They're filming season five now. It's a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 8.8 out of 10 on tv.com. It is available on Netflix. As a child, Utred witnessed his father being killed and the Saxon army defeated by invading troops. Now, Danish warlord Earl Ragnar captured Utred and raised him in a Danish camp alongside fellow captive Britta, a sharp-tongued girl. She is awesome, by the way. Years later, Utred is a valiant warrior who is dealt another tragic blow when his home is deliberately set on fire, killing his surrogate family, including Ragnar. Now exiled, alone, except for Brita by his side, he vows to avenge Ragnar's death and reclaim his homeland. But he must choose between his birth country and the people who raised him. If he is going to help birth a new nation and ultimately recapture his ancestral land, he must walk dangerous path between both sides. That That's actually a pretty darn good uh, description. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I give you a description. Like, uh, uh. The actor who plays Utrid of Bebbanburg, Alexander Draymond is so good in this film he has like these moments where like he's just this this badass warrior but then he also learns to have a little bit of subtlety in his moments if you want a balance of like action because you like shows that have more action in it like sword fights if you like subtle political dramas if you like cultural dynamics i highly recommend watching the last kingdom it's pacing is not an issue that's one of my favorite things actually about this show is i feel like that they learned that how to get the pacing to be consistent there's not a season not that that, that i was like oh this is a little slower for me and i binge watched the whole three seasons four seasons in like a week it, it was that good uh you, you need to pay attention because they're going to drop some names some of the actors and i mean some of the characters are, are a little bit over the top but that's intentional you get to experience you know growth with these characters over over time and you really start to see a lot of You start to connect to them like you get to see them change and evolve and some of them will die. And that is one of the things that I find phenomenal because, you know, you have some shows that will just choose to kill someone off and be like, boom, death, 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 death. But what happens is when you when you start to expect almost everyone to die, you don't connect as much. You're not as invested in them as you would because you're going to think, oh, they're probably going to die in like an episode or two. You don't have that in The Last Kingdom. For the most part, it's it's a toss-up. You don't know who's going to die. You don't know how they're gonna die, but you know that it's possible. And that right there is a thrilling experience to go along with on a journey of a show. So The Last Kingdom, I definitely recommend for someone who wants, you know, good pacing. This could be this is binge worthy. This is watch an episode once a week with a friend or a partner. This is watching on the train. You can watch this anywhere, anytime, doing anything. Okay, and now lastly, all right, this is this is one that I was conflicted on the first like four episodes. But then after that, they sold me. They took me for a ride and it's still airing. I've actually a couple seasons behind. The only reason I'm behind is because of pacing issues. But and also the delays and when it comes out and waiting a week, I just don't do it. This is a show that I feel like is binge worthy. If you want to support it and you have cable you can do that. But the show is Vikings 2013. Is when this came out now interesting 2013 then all of a sudden you see marco polo 2014 you see black sales 2014 you see frontier 2016 and last kingdom 2015 it is like vikings led a chain of events and showed that huh this can actually be done and who brought vikings to the table none other than history channel history channel brought vikings to the table now you can see vikings on hulu amazon i think prime as well Uh, History Channel, I think, has a streaming way to watch it. They are six seasons in, I believe. They took, like, a year break between one of them and, like, in two parts and all this other stuff and that's part of the reason why i fell off a little bit i think i'm on like season five vikings is probably the best out of the group the reason i say that is because it's been able to survive longer because it's older and because they took a lot more risks than i think a lot of the other series did and what i mean by that is that because it came out in 2013 in a time where they're competing with a lot of shows walking dead was out of it. it's it's a lot of money to invest in a show about vikings especially the history channel and they said we're gonna do it And I don't even think, if I remember watching the interviews, I don't even think they thought it was going to be as long running as it was. I think it was supposed to be just like a, you know, like a one-off. And then after they got such amazing feedback, they were like, hey, we're going to keep this going. And it's gritty. It's dark. You do need to pay attention because they do try to be as accurate as possible. Um, It's mostly the first season. So what is Vikings about? I'm just going on and on about its praises. So Vikings. Viking Ragnar Lothbrok. I love that name. That's a dope name. Ragnar. Is a young farmer and family man who is frustrated by the policies of Earl Haraldson, his local chieftain who sends his Viking raiders east to the Baltic states and Russia, whose residents are as poor as the Norsemen. Ragnar wants to head west across the ocean to discover new civilization. With assistance from his friend Floki, Ragnar builds a faster, sleeker fleet of boats to help him make it to the Western world. Through the years, Ragnar, who claims to be a direct descendant of the god Odin, continues to struggle with Earl until the two face each other in a final battle for supremacy. Following that, Ragnar goes on a search for new lands to conquer. It's so crazy to me because that's like literally just, that's that's like part of the first season. Like it, it gets so crazy. The battle sequence is fantastic. The the the, the character growth, it is absolutely insane. There's a, There are moments where you're like, oh, Ragnar. Poor guy. And then you're like Ragnar. What the hell is wrong with you? And then you understand like he has a fascination for uh, the Christian faith, which is really interesting too, because he's he's a lot of them are like, oh, you're Christian, you're a slave, you doesn't matter, yada yada yada. But then like the, his love of battle. So he has multiple facets to him. But not only that, but Catherine Winnick, she plays lagertha She's absolutely fantastic. She is beautiful. She is strong. She has such determination as a character, but as an actress, she's able to give you such emotion in her eyes. She is a lover, a mother, a fighter, a warrior. She is a politician. I have not seen such a strong female character put in a TV show with such enthusiastic support as Lagertha in Vikings. And... I think it's a phenomenal choice. I think that she is a phenomenal actress. I think that every time I see her on camera, I am impressed, smitten, and rooting for her. And she is absolutely wonderful. Travis Fimmel plays Ragnar, the lead character. He is fantastic. He has this look in his eyes that just sells. And that just you buy it and you like okay man you're a badass ladies probably most really like travis fimmel i've I've come to learn i didn't know this at first but i was like oh okay i get it everybody loves this guy his son is bjorn lothbrock is played by alexander ludwig seeing him grow from like a young kid to a full-grown man and warrior is absolutely wonderful because he learns from his father he learns from their mistakes and sometimes he repeats them but but they make a point that you know. There are repercussions as you pass down the next generation. Then you have Gustav Skarsgård, one of the Skarsgårds. Yes, I did not know this until like I looked it up the other day, and I was like, oh, wow, one of the Skarsgårds is in here. I think another Skarsgård is actually in the show, too. But Gustav Skarsgård is... So if anyone doesn't know, there's a lot of Skarsgårds. There's Alexander Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård, Volter Skarsgård, Ija Skarsgård, and Sam Skarsgård. Now, Alexander Skarsgård, most people know. He was also in uh, True Blood. He played Tarzan, things of that nature. Then you have... Bill Skarsgård and Bill I think is he played it so that's one of the Skarsgård then you have Walter Skarsgård who is also an actor he has a bunch of films he was into I haven't seen his films but I think their dad Stellan Skarsgård who was also in the Thor movie and he's been in movies he's been in movies such as Thor, Goodwill Hunting, Mamma Mia, Chernobyl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Pirates of the Caribbean, Avengers, Angels and Demons, Dune so this whole family is just filled with actors now gustav skarsgard plays floki and he is he is so much fun to watch on camera he's just entertaining he's he's got this this way of speaking that is almost poetic and he has this mystical way about him which is what he's supposed to do and it is really impressive to see him change as the the, the series goes goes on like at first you're like oh this is cute and adorable kind of fun and then he gets a little serious and then he gets a little dramatic and he gets to this point where you're like questioning whether you support this character anymore you know I've had debates with my friends like oh you know I still love Floki he's the guy and some people are like eh, I don't know if I'm necessarily a big Floki fan anymore but you gotta watch it you, you just have to watch Vikings I will say give the first couple episodes a shot like you need to really get through because it was a History Channel show and they were trying to figure out their own pacing their way of storytelling their 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 own style you need to give it like three episodes because it's a balance of trying to be historically accurate while taking certain liberties with a show like that and it's not like about being historically accurate but they're trying to have historical accuracies mixed in with this story and trying to find entertainment value in this definitely highly recommend giving Vikings a watch that is once again available on Amazon Prime I believe it's also on Hulu it's also on History Channel 2013 to the Current they are six seasons deep so if you want to watch this you can watch this every day for the rest of your life I'm just kidding the the pacing is the only thing and you'll get there every once in a while but get through it because the payoff is magical I give it I think it says oh Rotten Tomatoes is 93% no I'll be honest I give it a 9 out of 10 I give it a solid 9 out of 10 and I'm talking about every single season you know if you stop within like two or three episodes you will be frustrated but 9 out of 10. Give Vikings a shot, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast today, for listening to That One Guy's podcast. I hope that out of these shows, that if you like one of these or if you've heard of one of these and you've been curious about it, you will take the time to go ahead and give it a watch. Give one of these a watch. Hopefully, I've, I've led you more towards one or the other or just a variety of new shows that you want to give a shot to. If you like history, if you like a sprinkle of action with drama, you like a balanced show if you want if you know you want something that you can invest more time in that you can watch on the go hopefully i've touched all those bases for you and if you have seen one of these and you really like one you'll venture off to another and i will not lead you astray thank you so much hit that follow make sure you subscribe also hit follow on my instagram page that one guy reviews from movie reviews i have two more movie reviews coming out shortly if not already thank you so much for your time everybody see you next time <laughs>